and welcome back to Talk Nerdy to Me. I'm your host, Shay Wilkie. And I am your co-host, Tessa Cheshire. And today we have a very special guest with us. Do you want to say hi? Hi, everyone. My name is B. Um, this is my second time on the Talk Nerdy to Me podcast. It is. B came last year and talked about the Mario games with me. Mm-hmm. And now this is your first time on the podcast since we now have two hosts. So very exciting. And we are also very excited for the topic today. I'm like vibrating out of my seat. I'm so excited. Um, B, do you want to introduce the topic? Sure. Do you tell us what we're here to talk about? Yeah. Um, if you haven't heard, there's a little show that's going to be opening next week in the Black Box Second Studio. On release day of the podcast, it'll be this week. It'll be this oh, week. Because this, this will come out on it'll Monday. Be... Oh, that's so exciting. So on Thursday. On Thursday, we're going to be opening a little show. It's called The Solvent Squad Returns. I'm the director (laughs) and have been working on this project for a long while. Very long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) And uh, B is a dear friend of mine. I'm the dramaturg for The Solvent Squad. And we, even before being selected as director and dramaturg for this show, had so many conversations about it and about ideas we had. it's true. And it's such a beautiful show. It's such a it's funny a show. show. And so we're going to chat about it and the process. And we're, we normally don't care about spoilers on the podcast, but we are going to avoid spoilers for this. For it, this. It, yeah. You should go see the show to find yes. out. It is um, a mystery. It is so. a mystery. So um, the Solvent Squad is based on a silly little, you know, incorporated mystery team that we are probably familiar with. And uh, yes. it's kind of a spoof of that. Of the Scooby Doo gang, which is so fun. Mm-hmm. We love um, a good parody. But the idea is that they've taken these characters that are archetypes based on the archetypes seen in Scooby Doo, and they have flashed forward to 20 years in the future. And like, where do these characters end up after all of these experiences <gasps> they have in their youth? Mm-hmm. Which is so exciting. And how, be as a director, do you approach something that is inspired by a piece of media but is not? That piece affiliated with that piece of media. Yeah, um, I definitely like took the time to like familiarize myself a bit with like the Scooby Doo franchise um, and like watching some of the shows because I remember watching it as a kid and being very enamored by it (laughs) because it just seemed like older and more classic than a lot of the other shows that I watched as a kid. Um, And so I was, I was like. This is like this is like a special kind of show. <laughs> At least for me it was. Um, even though Scooby-Doo has its fair share of duds and just trashy episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh, it was just like it was really like surprising to like see a show that like had like a lot of like different kinds of characters, especially considering like how old it is. Um, and had, like, some, like, leading, like, women in the show that were, like, smart and also, like, responsible for helping solve these mysteries. Like, especially Velma, I was, yeah. like, very much, like, attached to as a kid. Um, and, yeah, I was, like, revisiting it before I was getting into directing the show. And I wanted to keep in mind those ideas, but I wanted in like the space like the actors to have the ability to like really play and develop their own dynamics because what made the team like feel like 
really like synergized and like just like like funny was like that everyone was just having a really good time yeah and so that's that's that was kind of the process Mm -hmm. yeah which is so fun and I love this show partly because they take these characters that are characters that we like all grew up with and obviously these are different characters but they are inspired by them and they add so much nuance to the characters, I think every character in this show is so incredibly nuanced and complex. Mm-hmm. And you see it unfold more and more as the show progresses. But, like, I think by far the smartest characters in the show are the non-binary character and the woman. Mm-hmm. Like, easily. Yeah. Which is, I think, really fun. Especially, like, that's not something that you see in shows. Especially, like, this is a show that's written by three men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they did a really good job of not only having the representation that they have, but also having female characters that don't feel like they were written by men. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, and our cast really reflects that. Like yes. going back to like the the whole process of like finding the right group of people. Like I ended up, it's all women um, and non-binary people, and I think we have one man in our cast. We do have, we have one, <laughs> the one man. Yeah. So. Who is also queer. Yes, yes, yes. So of it's a very queer yep. cast. Mm-hmm. And that was something that from the very beginning was like what me and like Tessa, when we like were pitching like this idea of being like, please let us do this show. <laughs> <laughs> it was like um, very important to us that it reflected like the queer community, um, queer camaraderie, and, like, the, like, platonic bonds that are, like, possible within, like, queer groups specifically because Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, like, those, like, bonds are, like, the, like, queer platonic, like, relationships and that sort of thing um, have, like, a sort of deeper level of, like, understanding and, like, true, like, friendship. Like, like, it's... Like, it really is special to find not only your people, but, like, people who love you for exactly who you are. So, yeah. Well, I think the idea of queer found family, like you said, is something that we really wanted to emphasize with this show. And I think that's even why we were the right fit to do this show as Mm -hmm. director and dramaturg is because that's, I think, a big part of the basis of our friendship is that we are both queer people mm-hmm. and that's something that we bonded over a lot obviously we bonded over other like shared interests and things like that yeah. but I think a big like factor of our friendship is that we're both queer neurodivergent people mm-hmm. which is huge yeah for friendship and that's why I mean most of the people that I'm the closest with are also queer and or neurodivergent mm-hmm. yeah which Shay and I actually were just talking about yes. yesterday yes we were do you want to talk about that <laughs> about that conversation I mean, or not the context but like oh yeah well I think why queer neurodivergent friendships are so strong well um I think something that we really touched on was um that usually especially neurodivergent people they have to learn how to communicate in a more direct way than a lot of neurotypical people do um because like social interaction may just come more naturally or they understand different cues where neurodivergent people kind of have to adapt to this more direct, like, and it almost seems confrontational, but it's not necessarily that. And so 
it's interesting that like when I interact with my friends who are like neurotypical, sometimes I'll say things and I think I'm simply just like communicating how I'm feeling and it's, and they don't see it that way. They see it as a like, oh, like this is like a personal like attack on me or that kind of hurts my feelings. And in my brain, I'm not seeing it as anything but like an objective, hey, this happened. It made me feel this way. Can we talk about it? And I think that is super interesting just because it's, and I think that's why it's somewhat easier to communicate with other neurodivergent people because you can communicate in a more effective way because you've had to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of neurotypical people haven't had to do that. Yeah. And I think that's something that even though it's not explicitly stated that any of the members of the Solvit Squad are neurodivergent, that's something that we wanted to kind of take into our production of this show and take those elements of like learning to communicate in a neurodivergent way or in a different way than what is societally considered normal. Mm-hmm. And put that in these relationships that these characters have, which mm-hmm. has been really awesome and really cool to see. And I've had some really awesome conversations with all of the actors about, like, these different nuances of their characters and about their neuro- neurodivergencies of their characters, mm-hmm. which I think is has been really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, okay, let's talk a little about the show itself and not so much yeah. our... Our production of it, even though we do, we do we love our production, we want Yay. you to come see it. Um, what drew you to Solve It Squad itself as a show to direct once the second studio season was announced? Um, yeah, I like in like I saw like in comparison to like all the other productions that we were doing, it was for me the one that I had the most personal like connection with. Just off the bat, I was like, this is. This is such a funny show, and I, I've always, like, even though, like, I've done, like, my fair share of variety of theater, I, I love comedy. I love, like, finding, like, that, like, like both, like, that farcical humor and, like, also the situational humor. It's just so fun um, to do that kind of thing. And I hadn't gotten too much of a chance to really show, like, um, all of my comedic, like, abilities yet. And, like, I had, for my Directing 2 project, um, when I was in that class, I, like, I purposely picked a comedy for my final project, um, partially because I knew that a lot of my peers were doing, like, um, dramatic work. And it makes a lot of sense to do that as, like, our, our big final <laughs> project. But I was very committed to this idea of, like, I want to do something that is unapologetically silly the way, like, the Solvent Squad is. And so when it came up as an opportunity to do it, I was like, this should be my directorial debut. I, I, <laughs> I need to do this show. And I saw how attached you were to it, Tessa. I was like, like, they know, like, how important this show is. And I, and, like, um, although the Tin Cat Bros aren't the Star Kid team, like, they, like, you know. Um, they Yes, or from Starkid. They are from Starkid, and so like me, like one of like the foundational like like musical groups of my <laughs> like high school, like into like my now musical theater like like world. I like was very much attached to these names, and I knew their comedic abilities and mm-hmm. like what they were about, and like what their what their shows could like really like bring out in myself and like other people, especially like 
other queer neurodivergent mm-hmm. people. <laughs> um, and I just, yeah, it was like, this is something that is phenomenal, and yet it's still a little bit undiscovered. And so yeah. I want to I wanna expose it to all my friends and say, look at this, <laughs> look at this. Well, and I think people underestimate how difficult comedy is. Mm-hmm. I think people have this perception that drama is a lot harder than comedy. No. And it totally, one, no. depends on the show, because I'm sure there are some dramas that are harder than some comedies, and there are some comedies that are harder than some dramas, but comedy is a lot more difficult than people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. A controversial you like you take. To say something. <laughs> I think comedy is harder. I like, think so, too. point blank. Really? Period across. Yes. Because in, in my opinion, as an actor in the community, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a bit easier to give something a somber tone or to take something seriously. Not taking yourself seriously is half of the battle of comedy. A lot of comedy is ridiculous things happening to you and you take it seriously enough that people think it's real and that it is ridiculous. Like, um, for instance, instance, like Much Ado About Nothing, very funny show. Right. But part of the reason it's so funny at some points is it's like, did she really just ask her ex to go like off that guy for her? And they're taking (laughs) it so seriously. And that can be played either really dramatically and seriously or as a like as a really funny moment. And I feel like that's part of the battle of comedy is also your audience, because there are going to be certain audiences that think certain parts are really, really funny. And then some people are going to give you like crickets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. I'm excited to see how audiences react to Solve It Squad is because there are moments that I think are really funny, but there are also moments that like I laugh at, but other people in the room haven't or moments that other people in the room have laughed at that I haven't laughed at. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, I think, totally different to put it on its feet with an actual audience and see how they react. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, I watched the pro shot so many times prior yeah. to even pitching the show for Second Studio. Mm-hmm. And so obviously there was a picture in my brain of what the show was and how it goes. And ours is very different, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think so good. Mm-hmm. And I love that it's different. And there are some things that are definitely similar to the way it's done in the original production because that's, I mean, some things are written to be done a certain way, stuff like right. that. Well, and that's going to happen, and that's what should happen yeah. when you're producing theater. But I love how us it is mm-hmm. and how specific to this group of people that we have in this cast it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I think even just switching out one cast member would have made it a completely different show. It's true, yeah, yeah. and that was something that essentially kind of happened. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, like, uh, if you weren't aware, like... Solve It Squad, like, we we cast the show at the same time as the other, like, spring productions. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we had to replace one of the actors because one of the actors chose um, that they just, they couldn't do the show. Um, And that was totally okay, but, um, because, you know, actors are people. And, of course, I was (laughs) like... Things happen. Yeah, yeah, things happen. Yeah. Um, But it was like, okay, I need to find somebody who will be not only, like, like, a good, like, fit for this role, but a good fit within the cast. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that, like, when I was, like, doing this audition for just this one character, I was like, I got to make sure that this, like, person is the right fit, too. Yeah. And well, I, and I also, think I found that. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. It had to be someone who 
Maddie joined the process about a week into rehearsals. That's That's by the time we got the auditions taken care of and faculty approval and casting choices and everything like that. And so Maddie has had a week less than the rest of the cast to memorize and learn the show. Mm -hmm. And she's done such a phenomenal job. It's been, I'm like constantly in awe of her. I think she's, she's spectacular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, Maddie Snar, I had just finished working with her on Spring Awakening um, last semester. And that would, that show very different in tone. Um, But I knew (laughs) that Maddie could absolutely demolish this role and be in this comedy because I just, I know like Maddie's energy. I know that she has this great charisma and is up for a challenge always. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, this is the right fit for this particular production. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's been so great. Do you want to talk about any of the other members of the cast? Always. Always. (laughs) While we're on the topic of cast members. I'm a little bit biased, but I am loving Gideon as Keith. Gideon's my roommate, which is why I'm biased. Because I, like, carpool to rehearsals with Gideon sometimes. (laughs) The man. His his bedroom is down the hall from mine. Um, But I think he is so spectacular. I think Keith is a character that's really easy to play Mm one-dimensionally. Because... He he has, like, that specific archetype that the character is. And Gideon does such a good job of understanding the dimension of this character and making him more interesting than just a one-dimensional character. Mm-hmm. And I think that he gives Keith so much heart. Yeah. Which I love. I really like his his personal, like, interpretation of Keith, I think, is just, like, one of the most, like, surprising things about, like, me, like, doing this whole, like, process of being yeah. the director. It was so surprising to, like, watch him make such unique and fun choices with this character. And mm-hmm. I, I've also tried to, like, as a director, do my job to, like, push him to discover more. And I think we've really done that together. Yes. And so it, it's been a lot of fun, and it's been... So much work, but good work, mm. and it's, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen him in a show like this before. Yeah. Because I've seen him in tons of shows here, but nothing like this show. Mm-hmm. I've seen him in Shakespeare. I've seen him in musicals. I've seen him in, like, comedies, but not like this. Like, mm-hmm. he was in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, which is technically right. a comedy, but very different and a very different role because mm-hmm. he was Linus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I feel like that is, like, Charlie Brown as a show might be more of a musical and then a comedy. Yes, and then I agree. This, this show is a comedy. Comedy first. Even yeah. if it has comedy music, it has first. some comedy. music. And yeah. so I was excited to see him do something that I hadn't seen him do before. And mm-hmm. he's done such a great job. Yeah. And I also think, I mean, the whole cat, we're going to have to talk about everybody because they're all so great. Yeah. Um, I think one of the hardest characters to cast was Gwen. Oh my god, I was going to say Harriet mm-hmm. because Gwen, I think personally based on my analysis of the script, I think Gwen is the most complex character in the show. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. They're all very complex, but I think Gwen has a lot of layers that are maybe not as easy to peel back as Mm-mm. some of the other characters. Well, and because Harriet so understands that. And that's I, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a little bit of like pride and like 
because um, because <laughs> Harriet Harriet Parnell is a wonderful performer, um, but this is her first production at, at SUU. SUU. This is her first nice. like show, and so I feel what a like a good l- first role. Right? I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's such a. <laughs> Ugh, sorry. Yeah, so I'm like, I discovered her. Like, as, <laughs> if she, as if she wouldn't be, like, immediately oh. snatched up by, like, any of the directors, like, as soon as, like, they saw her audition. Like, she is a wonderful performer in the space. Um, and she's, like, for, for me, like, she's such a, like, a little fireball. Like, she'll, yes. like, get on stage and she'll, like, start doing, like, her little bits. And it's so funny. And she's so honest. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Obviously, she's playing a role, but she's so honest in it. Mm-hmm. And it's so, like, obviously, Gwen is a very vain character, and Harriet really understands that. And Harriet herself is not a vain person at all. She's, mm-hmm. like, the sweetest little angel on planet Earth. <laughs> but I feel like that's Harriet a theme. shines through in Gwen Yeah, so beautifully. I think that the elements of Gwen that are soft and that are gentle are... Harriet shining through in yeah. a lot of ways, which is so, it's been so fun to see her like come into that role mm-hmm. and become more sure of herself. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I've told her that her job is just to to try things and that if she goes too far, it's my job to pull her back. So, Which um, is good. Yeah. And I think the thing that like probably Gwen and Harriet do have in common is just like a, like a magnetic like kind yes. of like energy where like people are just drawn to them. Um, which is, like, something that surprised Harriet, I, I think, to learn both mm-hmm. about the character and also yes, about I herself. That conversation. Um, but she has that energy that just, like, brings, like, the whole, like, gang together. And it's, like, I can't imagine this show without her. No, mm-hmm. neither can I. It's so, she's so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, any person like that is in this cast. I can't imagine the show without at this it's point. True. But it's true. It's so like I feel like Harriet and what she has done in this show is exemplary of what like the mission of Second Studio is as an organization. Mm-hmm. Which has been so beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I also all right. Do you want to talk about Annie or Bria? Who are we Oh, you got two more. Oh, I gotta talk about all of them. I know. I We're gonna three. talk about all of them. <laughs> three down, two to go. <laughs> yeah, I I think I want to get into Esther's character all right. next. Yeah. So it, I feel like it's fitting to save Scraggs for last. I think so too. That's kind of like as your <laughs> main character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Saving the the most like last but certainly not least. You know? <laughs> yes. Like, very Scraggs. Very yeah. Scraggs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, like, looking at the process for, like, casting Esther and um, having Esther as a character in the show, this is something that, um, from, like, the original, like, foundational roots of this show being based in, like, Scooby-Doo to the current production, which has had revisions since, like, the pro shot. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the character that is most changed. Yes. Um, because Esther is a non-binary character, like, in the script, which yes. is something that... I have hardly ever seen. Yeah, in which our... is a big part of why we chose the show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this non-binary character, like in the representation of that in a show where it's like, like we wanted to make sure that like a non-binary actor got the opportunity to be in this role of a non-binary character because like 
how that just it doesn't happen a lot and no. it's it's something that was a unique opportunity for this show and so yeah. i like finding like the right person to play it who could not only do the character but also like be like a like not necessarily like a good representation cuz what is that like yeah <laughs> yeah but like as somebody who is excited to um be a part of like that representation and like who could really identify with the character is what I'm kind of looking for um, in my words. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, so finding, like, Bria to, like... Bria Hansen. Bria, Bria Hansen, Hansen. Who's been a wonderful energy in the space. Um, so kind, so sweet. Um, and they just, like... Um, like I, I like it was a, it was a kind of a difficult role to cast, and so I was like looking for somebody who would not only like have like these like things that I've already mentioned, but somebody who would also surprise me, and I think Bria really has surprised me. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Mm-hmm. And it's so Esther as a character has a lot of drug use. It's true, yes. which is a big part of the show. Um, and so also having somebody who could play that both into the comedy of it, but also take it seriously as, like, the genuine, very real, real issue yeah. of addiction and it's drug true. use. I think Bria has approached that so intelligently. Yes. And so, like, conscientiously mm-hmm. of making sure that they're doing justice to the character and the comedy of the show and also to that arc. Yeah, and also just to touch on, like, the sort of ties that um, exist, like, just statistically speaking, like, drug use and addiction um, are sometimes much more common in people who are neurodiverse, Mm -hmm. um, people who, like, struggle with depression, OCD, Mm -hmm. um, like, and, you know, um, like, autistic people as someone on the spectrum, like, it's, like... Drug use is something that affects our communities a lot more yeah. than the general population, just statistically speaking. And so I think um, Bria has understood that this addiction is essentially like uh, a tied to that neurodiversity in that it's like a coping mechanism and a way for her to like like make her like neurodiverse experiences they need like something to cope and bring them down to the level of like the the world around them because mm-hmm. they just they have a difficult time relating to other people um which is something that neurodiverse people can often struggle with mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and that's so just i i could sing bria's praises <laughs> all day bria is really good friends with a lot of the people that live in my house. So they're over decently often. And we've also had a lot of conversations about just how much they care about this show and about this character. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I love to hear from anyone in any show. Like, I feel like any show is better when you can tell and you can feel the love that the actors have for the character that they play Mm -hmm. in for the show that they are in. Yeah, I think that Bria, like, they haven't gotten quite their fair share of opportunities in this department, I think, personally. Um, and I just think that in this show, they've really just earned their stripes, if, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I feel like it's it's just wonderful <laughs> to see them on stage in this role. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, they they've done incredible work in other shows, but like this show for them, I feel like is a level up. I don't know. <laughs> this is my, my favorite thing that I have. I I haven't even like we haven't even done the show yet with like all of the tech and costumes and lighting and everything, but this is my favorite thing that I've seen them do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Annie Hancock. Annie Hancock. Annie Hancock. I love Annie. Me too. I love working with Annie. Me and Annie both had our SUU debut in the same show. You did. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yes, we did. Wow. Which is so crazy to me. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely adore them. Yeah. They are just like really, really fabulous to work with in this space. If I like, I don't know, because it's. I feel like Scraggs and Annie, out of all the characters, might have the most in common character <laughs> and actor. So I feel like Annie really gets Scraggs a yeah. lot and like gets like what's really like going on in mm-hmm. Scraggs's little little brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so um, yeah, they have really brought like all sorts of things like to this character, and I think. Um, it's been really, really great to have a more feminine presenting actor play this role that um, was originated by a masculine like performer and is like a masculine character. Yes, um, I think it's just so exciting to see like um, Annie like really like embody like the this character who and his struggle with like masculinity a little bit yeah. and like all this sorts of thing. I think Annie's doing a wonderful job with. Um, like Scraggs's relationship um, to to gender and to the genders of the other characters as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was something that we had talked a lot about when we were like in the planning stages for the show. Of like, we would like to explore the idea of gender identity with characters other than just Esther. It's true, and I think Annie was the perfect person to play Scraggs mm-hmm. to be able to do that with this show. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting to just watch all of them together. Oh my god! <laughs> and the discoveries that they make. Yeah. And well, and Annie is so like on top of it. You know what I mean? Scraggs yeah. is in. Annie is so thoughtful. The most of the show. Mm-hmm. Annie barely gets any downtime. It's true. Annie doesn't really get downtime. Like mm-hmm. Annie's constantly preparing for the next time they have to go on stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, or they're say. on stage. Yeah. <laughs> and so that is a really big undertaking in any show if you're going to be a character who's constantly on stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of shows have characters like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, a decent amount do, a, but a like often amount. they have whole scenes where that person gets a break. Yeah. And Annie, Sofa Squad doesn't really have that mm-hmm. because of the way it's broken up. And so Annie is just on all the time and does such a good job of it. Yeah, they really, like, like they are, a, like, consistently, like, a, an actor who really reacts to the space, the mm-hmm. environment, especially in a show like this where we have so much, like, imagined, like, spatial things. Like, there's lots of pantomime. There's, mm-hmm. like, we are transforming the space in a kind of creative way. Um, and so, like, they have really taken on the challenge of, like, really, like, seeing all of the details in this imagined world, I think. And I, I've seen it and like how they how they <laughs> react in moments where they, they don't have any lines at all and they're just they're they're so great 
at letting other other characters in the show have their time and space to shine. Um, and then, like when it's when it's Annie's turn, just wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's I'm not going to give away like plot spoilers, but there is a big monologue that Annie has, like three quarters of the way through the show, mm. roughly. You know the one I'm thinking of. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and the first time Annie did it, I swear I was like, "That's Scraggs. Mm-hmm. That's that's Scraggs." There he is. Like they yep. are. So they're so perfect in the role. Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. that monologue is such an emotionally charged moment of the show, not only yeah. for Scraggs, but for also the other characters. Yeah. But it centers, like, if the actor playing Scraggs does not deliver that monologue in a way that makes sense, the other actors can't react to it in a way that makes sense. It yeah. all hinges on the delivery of that monologue, and Annie nails it every time. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um... Shaylee. Yes. You designed the poster for this show. Yes, I did. I would love to hear your thought process when you were designing that poster. <laughs> My thought process was I messaged B and I was like, hey, what are your thoughts and opinions <laughs> on this poster? Um and there were some elements that I was like, I don't think I can put this on my little poster. Because <laughs> originally we wanted the little um I and I think it was it in yeah, the yeah. Solve It squad to be like a little flashlight. Which would have been really cool, but then I was like, I don't think I can make that work with the little, the little ghosty guy that I want to put oh, yeah. in there. Because <laughs> I was like, that it just takes away too much focus from this little guy, and I love him so much. <laughs> so I made two separate versions of the poster: one with all of the characters, and then one with just one character and the little ghost. And then B was like, Can we just put the little ghost in the one with all the people? And I went, <laughs> I can put it. <laughs> I can put him in there. And it's so, so good. It's it was a lot of fun. Um making the little I don't want to say logo, but the um Yeah. Like the actual like text of the Solvit Squad was really fun, just like dimensions wise and like figuring out how am I gonna make this work. <laughs> if I took this off of the poster, would it still make sense? Mm-hmm. And I think it does. It I think does. it's cutie. And I think I, I literally printed it out and put it up on the whiteboard <laughs> in the office and was like, everyone come see this show and support your your super fun and cool arts uh. editor. Um, and several of my my coworkers are planning to go, which I'm very excited yes. for. Is so Shari good. is going and good, Kale good, said good. he's going to go and Nick said he's going to go for sure, which is very exciting. That's right. really exciting. And Where are they going? Shari is going closing because I got her ticket. She's coming with me and cool. my mom and Katie. And then I'm not sure what night everyone else go- is going. I think Kale and Nick might want to go the same night that Shari is going. Mm. So they might also go closing. But they haven't gotten their tickets yet. I told them that they need to get tickets soon. Because mm-hmm. um, we've been selling pretty well for second studio shows. So I want to make sure that people get their tickets. Um, We're just doing really well, guys. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so fun. Um, and then my mom is flying in from Albuquerque to see it. And my best friend from childhood who I've literally been friends with since 2007 is flying in from Spokane, Washington to see the show, which I'm so excited for. She's going to get to meet all of my silly little friends and see the silly little theater that I'm doing. And like, I'm so excited for her to see Cedar City and see this show. Like Mm -hmm. I can't think of a better time for her to come visit me for the first time because she's never been here before. Um, And it was just the perfect show for her to come see, I think. Because there have been other shows that I've been involved in that she theoretically could have 
flown in to see or I'm sure there will be shows in the future that she could come see. But I'm so glad it's this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. B, who do, you, who do you have coming to see the show? Um, yeah, this is, it's kind of, <laughs> it's it's kind of silly, but I, for me personally, this show is really, even though, like, it's a very absurd show with lots of swearing and, <laughs> and, and dick jokes and shit like that, <laughs> I, I gotta dedicate, like, this show a little bit to my parents who are coming, <laughs> um, and it's, it's really exciting because, oh. um, closing night, February 17th, um, is my mom's birthday. Oh. And um, she's, you know, this is my way of giving her a little bit of a birthday present. So, um, yeah, yeah, I am just, like, for me, because even though it's, like, it's it's a it's a show that is very much for college kids. Yeah. For me, it's, it's a little bit for my parents just because they have always been very supportive of me. They've been supportive of my identity mm-hmm. and how... Like I've navigated the world in my art and that sort of thing, um, and they're they are the ones who taught me how to be funny. Like so mm. many people, <laughs> so many people tell me how funny I am. <laughs> so um, I really uh, all of like my like my comedy like runs in my family, and I just I yeah. feel like. They are the most wonderful and silly people who taught me how to be silly and really, like, like have always been there to embrace who I am. And so, <laughs> for me, this show is, is definitely a little bit for them. It's <laughs> really, the comedy really is so familial in your family. Because I've met one of your sisters. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> They're related. Yeah. Like, it was so, well, yeah. and that's how, you know, not all siblings are, but I think that's how I am with my family too. Like mm-hmm. Shay, you've you've seen me and Anna interact. Yes, like yes, I have. You can tell yes. that we are we have Absolutely similar senses of humor, and that's also something like my mom and I have really similar senses of humor. So that's also like I learned a lot of this kind of stuff from her, mm-hmm. and also from my dad, who was unable to get the time off work to come see the show, which oh. is sad. But my dad not coming meant that Katie was able to come because my. Sacrifices were made. So, listen. <laughs> Sacrifices I'll were made. take it. But I do wish, I, I do so wish my dad could see this show. I think he would really love it. And I, like, watched all of the, like, Star Kid and Tin Ken Brothers shows with my dad when I was in high school. Oh, like, my dad sweet. has seen every Star Kid and Tin Ken Brothers musical mm-hmm. and show. That's so because sweetie. we watched them together. That's so so I My do, dad would probably have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be probably. so for real. Yeah. Uh, my dad grumbles when they when they curse, <laughs> but he still watches it because he knows it, it means a lot to me. Yeah. But so I I the so grumble. wish he could get to see it. But I'm glad my mom is gonna be here. Yeah. And like, I'm really <laughs> as excited as I am for my mom to see it. My mom has been here before. My mom has mm-hmm. seen shows I've worked on here before. Even though yeah. I'm so excited for her to see this one specifically, I'm yeah. the most excited for Katie to come see it. Yeah. I think. Well, and like, not only to see this show that is so important to me. But also to see this show that is so important to other people. Like, I want people to see this because I'm like, look at this show my incredible friend directed. Look how, (laughs) look at the show my incredible friends are in. Like, it's something that I, it's a show that I've cared about since I was in high school. Mm -hmm. But it's also something that I care about now because of the other people that care about it now. Yeah. And wanting to have everyone see how talented all of my friends are. Yeah. Mm And this is a bit, you know, spiraling into the existential, but like, I think, 
like sharing joy is genuinely one of those things that is like the most important. And yes. I feel like that's also like partially like what your parents are doing. It's, it's like, I bet your dad would love to come see the show, but I feel like he wants to share that joy with your family also. Yeah. And so to, to his regard, like that's kind of a gift from him to your family to be able to go see that even though he can't. Yeah. And so I, I just think it's amazing that like stuff like theater as silly and obscure as it may seem <laughs> is it's like it's so important to people because so many people find joy in it mm-hmm. and yes. so many people want other people to experience that joy in the way not necessarily like the exact way that they do but they want them to have it the way they do yeah mm-hmm. and I think this is the perfect show to show that yeah. Because that's one of the themes of this show is that idea of like shared joy. Mm-hmm. And not every show in theater exemplifies what theater means to community because that's yeah. not the purpose of every show in theater. No. That's true. And every show serves a different purpose. But I do have a soft spot for the theater that is about the same themes as what theater means to me. Mm hmm. And this show so is the themes of what theater means to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yee. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Solve Squad is not a musical. It's but not. it does have one song. There is one song. There is I a love song, this song. Which is so silly. And B choreographed it as well <laughs> yeah. as doing all of the directing. Mm-hmm. What was that process like of doing the choreography? <laughs> Here's my thing. <laughs> I love choreography. I love choreographing. I'm not great at it. (laughs) It is something I'm still learning how to do, but I I just, I love it so much that I will, I will do my absolute best to build and choreograph things and like (laughs) say, okay, does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. Is that, does that work? And like that will, and I think the dance has ended up like all of the dances and even like the choreographed moments of like doing some scene transitions or like the like the little sequence that's near the end of the show that's <laughs> <laughs> it's so good I'm yeah, so excited yeah. for people to see it yeah I am so excited about all of the all of the little dances and stuff because of one of my like main visions of it um and definitely not an excuse for myself of why it, it's not perfect. <laughs> it's like, uh, it is, um, these like middle schoolers um, have created their own theme song and, <laughs> and, and dance, and dance <laughs> to so celebrate cute. their little, their squad, their group That's of, so of cute, detectives. And so it's meant to be like these kids like really expressing themselves and like like showing like oh like like wouldn't it be so cool if we made a dance like mm-hmm. it's like that that energy of like if, if me and my cousins make this dance can we have a sleepover tonight yes, like, it's, yes. Like, I, did that I was up. gonna say oh, yeah. that's exactly the vibe I'm getting <laughs> I feel like and this is there's something called the sandwich trick which I won't say what it is but there's a character has a sandwich trick that he does I feel like that Ooh. originated in that kind of way as well mm-hmm. like so much of this show's like silly spectacle things like the opening number and the sandwich trick, stuff like that, is even though, yes, it's a show and it's theater, and so you could be like, this is just a song the way a song is in a musical sometimes where they didn't actually sing, but there's a song there. In this show, it feels like these are all actual things that they did, Mm -hmm, which I love. And it feels so organic as well. 
because of the freedom that you have given the cast mm-hmm. to explore those things and to create those dynamics that it feels so much more authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the cast all gets along. Yeah. And they all love each other and, like, want to hang out and spend time together, mm-hmm. which is also great because... You I, want that in a cast. You want that in Especially a in a show like this. And yeah. you don't always have that in a cast. Mm-mm. I no. think Second Studio is generally pretty lucky in that regard, generally. Yes. Because no, I'd, they I'd have agree. smaller casts. But theater is theater, and people are people. And so sometimes people and casts don't get along with each other. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things are difficult no and how <laughs> not as harmonious. <laughs> Thanks, Shay. You're welcome. And I think this cast works together so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is so great because even, you know, some of, you know, we had cast members who already knew each other. It's true, yeah. But we yeah. also had cast members who entered the process not knowing people. Mm-hmm. And now they're all friends. Yeah. And that is so, that's one of my favorite things about theater is the friendships that it can form. I mean, look at Shay and I. Like, Yahoo! we met doing a 24-hour theater. Yes, we did. And on my birthday, which I think is so silly. <laughs> Shay is my birthday present. I am just the best You're birthday a gift. present. You I'm are a gift. The, Shay's the greatest. I always I'm say, Shay's the best birthday gift I've ever received. <laughs> we got to hang out. We do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now we host a podcast together. Yay! And, like, Shay's one of my best friends. It's and true. similarly, you know... B, you and I met through theater. It's true. And through yeah. being on the second studio board together. That's right. Last yeah. year. That's nuts. And now we're working on this show together and mm-hmm. we go to each other's houses and hang out yeah. and we have fun. And you're one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And you're one of my best friends. Oh, shucks. I'm picking my feet and giggling. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that power that theater has. Yeah. And I think this show has has done that for some of the people in this cast. Mm-hmm. Which is so exciting. Yeah. And I just, yeah, watching them, like, all hang out and stuff, because I'm, I'm just, like, as much as, like, I love them and we joke around and, like, I'm definitely still, like, I'm still, like, their age and everything. Like, yeah. being a director and having, like, a lot of responsibility puts me in a different position to where I'm, like, okay, I can't always hang out with them. <laughs> yeah. I have to let them hang out on their own. Yeah. <laughs> They're just so, little guys. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm just, like, but, like, they are just wonderful people. And, you know, once I've stepped down from being in charge of them, <laughs> I, would, I would love to hang out with any of them at any time. That yeah. cast party is going to be so fun. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Is. Like, yeah. You I'm guys are going to have a ball. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be so excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, like, I know they've been doing, like, cast hangouts. Yeah. And, like, Gideon will be like, I'm going out with the cast after rehearsal. See you guys later. <laughs> like, <laughs> Bridget will be like, Bridget is uh, Gideon's girlfriend and my other roommate. Bridget will be like, Gideon's out with the cast, so I have to wait for him to come home. I have to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, Bridget. A lady in waiting. <laughs> I love Bridget and Gideon. They're so cute. They're but, so cute. Um, like, they all hang out. They had, like, a cast pajama day. <laughs> they did. Last weekend. I saw that which post. Which was so cute. But it was really like, cute. They feel like a little family mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, which has been really, really gratifying to see mm-hmm. and really just so special. Which, yeah. And it makes the, this show about kind of their, like, return mm-hmm. all the more special because it feels like they did have that bond. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they are all connected, and so them coming back together is super 
realistic. Yeah. Well, that was something that we had talked about when we wrote the director's concept. In the director's concept, it said, like, fostering a bond between the cast is going to be a priority in this process. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely was. And it, I think, totally paid off. Oh. It, like, paid off and more. Yeah, because it and it's been wonderful to watch it grow because I remember it's so crazy to watch it like from like at the early stages where we had like six people <laughs> in the room at, and like, like hey. and, I, and everyone was like it, it, that black box feels so big at the start yeah. of the rehearsal process in January and it's like <laughs> hello <laughs> echo um, yeah yeah and then just like now like anytime we take like a break there's just like this energy and this chatter of like, oh my God, that was so fun. Oh yeah. my God, mm-hmm. let's let's do that. Let's let's hang out. Let's do this. And I'm like, they're trying things and hanging out. It's so mm-hmm. fun. So nice. Which and we need to talk about Phaedra as well. Oh my because God. Because Phaedra is spectacular. Phaedra Phaedra's is the wonderful. stage manager. Gotcha. And is a first time yes. stage manager. She's never stage I was, managed before. I was gonna say I feel and like I, I haven't heard that name yet. Okay, because she's a freshman. This is her first Mm-hmm. So oh my gosh! First time stage manager. She went in Little knowing babies. nothing about stage management, mm-hmm. basically. And yeah. I, I sent her some links to some of the paperwork that I used when I've stage managed in the past. Uh-huh. And Roe gave her the stage management handbook. Good. And she's done spectacularly. Good. She's so great. Yeah. And she's Ugh. so sweet and so funny. Love. Yeah. And. She- just so supportive of me and being because this is my first time directing even though I'm like a senior like still it's like yeah it's it's still for me because I I come from a family where I've always been the younger sibling (laughs) and so I'm like (laughs) me too like and so it's like okay I've never been in charge (laughs) of anything (laughs) and so like Phaedra has been so supportive of me and like helping me out and like making sure things are going smoothly and, like, mm-hmm. checking in and m- taking so many notes. I'm like, thank Aww. you so much. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Phaedra's great. We love Phaedra. Um, just everyone has been such a joy to work with on this show. It's true. We have a wonderful, wonderful designers and our sound designer, Ellie Swap, oh is doing goodness. a wonderful job. Because this show I love Ellie Swap. This yep. show is so sound reliant. It is. It really is. It's like those old like stage shows where they had like the the performer backstage with like all of the, <laughs> the, foley, the foley artists. artists. The foley artists. Love. So that's what I feel oh. like <laughs> Ellie Swap has I taken love yeah. the her. Because <laughs> we do so much pantomime in the show mm, that a lot of important. stuff requires sound effects to fully to get the full the, image, which even we haven't gotten that yet fully because mm-hmm. we haven't done it with all of the sound and all of the tech yet. Yay, tomorrow's And so tech. I'm so excited <laughs> to like get there and see it with Yahoo. all of the different elements and the lights. And it's really so magical. Like this, that's one of my favorite, even though tech is so stressful, it's also one yeah. of my favorite parts of theater mm-hmm. because there's that moment where it like clicks. It becomes a show. And all a of a show. sudden you have a show. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I... I'm Ugh. so thrilled. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so yeah. uh, there's also a little, there's going to be an opening night gala. Yes. On Thursday. Yes. After the opening sure. that our lovely Second Studio Outreach Director, Grace Powers, Woo. is organizing. Yes. Um, I'm going shopping with her to get stuff for the gala mm-hmm. early next week. Um, and it's retro horror movie themed. Yes, it yes. is. Which is so fun. And there will be a post um, with more information yes. about it soon. <laughs> I <laughs> and, promise. Well, it was so funny. Grace was like, Halloween decorations aren't really in stores, so I don't know where to get spooky Halloween decorations. And I went, text Spencer Smith. Spencer Smith. <laughs> <laughs> literally, I was like, text Spencer. You mean like his whole house? His, we could literally just. His whole just, apartment. 
uproot everyone and just put them in Spencer's apartment and the and gal it would, would be, be decorated. Spencer's apartment. It would be decorated. <laughs> so I was like, text Spencer. Spencer has stuff that you can use. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I think Bless is so heart. silly. Um, and we're still obviously going to get stuff at the store. It's yeah. going to be, we're going to buy some stuff, but we were, I was like, borrow stuff from Spencer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is so fun. Yeah, like, if you've ever seen, like, the show, like, sometimes something that, like, like in Scooby-Doo, you'll see that um, uh, Shaggy and Scooby are, like, they are these big classic horror movie buffs, <laughs> and they love to, like, watch the movies that are, like, and, like, in reality, they would be, like, so scared if, like, any of these monsters <laughs> came across them in real life. They would just run away, but yeah. in the movies, they, like, they point at the screen, they go, oh, that's so fake. Oh, we would never fall we for that. We would never do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so, so fun. And so I'm like, you are invited to Scrags and Klubert's movie night kind oh, of a Klubert. thing. Oh, Klubert. Klubert. Klubert is the Scooby character. <laughs> There's not an I'm actor who talk plays Klubert. Klubert. I don't know if we, we should. Just, I'll say this. Dog. There's an act. There's a, there's not an actor who plays Klubert. Klubert is a puppet mm-hmm. who is puppeteered by Annie who plays mm-hmm. Scrags. Dog. And so Annie has done a great job with yeah. that. I feel like puppet. Annie um, has gotten so attached to our Klubert. <laughs> literally. I just remember um, seeing So we one do. Of the... There is a Scooby-Doo character, but yeah. not an actor who plays him. So that's why we haven't really talked about Klubert. Mm-hmm. I just remember seeing the photos from your rehearsal where the little bingo plushie oh, was, was mock Klubert. And yeah. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, the first day of rehearsal, I came in, I said, so as some of you may know, we don't have one of our cast members, <laughs> but luckily I've gotten somebody to stand in. And I pulled out that bingo plushie. Bingo! Said, <laughs> everyone was thinking it was going to be everyone like, else. Because yeah, we yeah. still didn't have Maddie at that point. So everyone was thinking that there was going to be like an actual it person. It was the dog. And it was a bingo plushie. <laughs> Yeah, um, really which good. is so silly. Oh my gosh! Um, but yeah, we just haven't talked. That. Klubert's not played by anyone who we haven't already talked about, which is I why love we haven't talked Klubert. about. Mm-hmm. Best character. So I just yeah, I think we've I'm talked excited. about all of the like important yeah. non-spoilery things to talk about with this show. I'm yes. excited it's for the show. It's been so fun. It's so exciting. I'm so excited to see it with like all of the tech and all of the different elements. <sighs> I'm gonna literally cry. Um, yeah. So, if you want to see Solve It Squad, it will be in the black box on February 15th, 16th, and 17th at mm-hmm. 7.30. And there's a matinee, the 17th at 2. two. And um, if you Tickets. want more information about the show and the process and all of those fun things, there will be an article out on seunews.net written by yours truly in the coming days. Um, and that will be so fun. Yeah. Yes, it will. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, tickets sure are only five dollars. Yes. Five dollars, and you can get them at the door or online. Online at TDA. No, bard.org/tdaa. Yeah, I was um, like, there's, and there's the a limited number at the door, so I highly recommend, recommend that you get, get them, them online. online. Yeah, and also support some of our other shows going on. Yes, if you can. The yes, prom. Go to the prom. The prom is, is open the same weekend. this weekend. Yeah, so it'll be, like, a little bit before like, yeah. this podcast comes out. But there are more performances in yes. the upcoming week. Yes, so, yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Which is um, so exciting. So make sure you support all of those. And um, if you want to stay up to date with anything Second Studio, you can follow Second Studio on Instagram at 2ndstudio. Shay runs that account, which yes, is super fun. And if you want to stay up to date with things SU News or SU News Podcasting, 
You can follow us on Instagram at suu underscore news underscore podcasting or at suu underscore news. Mm-hmm. And I run that account. So Shay and I, <laughs> Shay and I when we run Boom. social media accounts, we, we just, just fist bumped. bumped. <laughs> <laughs> that was atrocious. And if you want right, to stay guys. up to date, I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to stay up to date on us, my Instagram is at Tessa Chesh. And mine is at ShayShay180. And B, do you want to plug any social media, anything like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Um, my Instagram account is Sabina and then underscore Manese, M-A-N-E-S-S-E. Um, yeah, I don't post often, but I will be posting myself as God. Yippee! I have a link in my bio to the tickets if you didn't remember what the link was when I told true. you. You can also go to the second studio Instagram. Instagram, and it'll be in the bio. I'm but. also going to put the ticket link in my Instagram bio. So, so buy have tickets. have multiple ways to... To get tickets. Mm-hmm. There also you be a ticket no link excuse. in my article about the show. You so got you got so many ways. And uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of Talk Nerdy to me. Yes, Yay. thank you. Shay, do you want to? You should do the intro outro because oh, you did the nice. intro. Thank you for listening. Thank you, B, for being here. We'll see you next week. Oh, okay. Gabe, cut out. <laughs> cut out the part no, where you, I was you, telling you, Shay how you, to end the episode. If you really want to no. shame me on the internet, cut it you out. can put it in. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you so much, B, for being here. Thank you for having me. And so we'll fun. see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.